Redbird Report. My name is Cade Heather, sports editor here at the Vidette. I'm joined with my co-editor, my good friend Jonathan Barless here. How you doing? Cade, how are we doing today, man? Oh, well, I think and we're a, both a little under the weather. Another but. another week of us just being sick, but we're back as we are every Monday to talk I'm some Redbird football, and we are still here, still thriving, still alive. So, you know what, Cade? Why don't we just jump right in? We could just get into it really quick. Uh, so, Redbirds come off with another win in conference, their first at the conference this season. Uh, they take a W against Western Illinois, and they win the game 33-16. to Kind of an awkward score, but still fun game to watch as it is. Uh, we can start by talking about, you know, the first drive of the game um, where the Redbird defense led up, you know, a 58-yard scoring drive to Western Illinois as the former player of the week, Sean McGuire, took his team downfield and scored. Uh, but something weird happened. Uh, yeah. A blocked PAT turned into a Willie Edwards scoop and score to put the score to 6-2, and two, which is it's, it's like a baseball score. Yeah, it was so, kind of an awkward beginning. I mean, seeing the PAT blocked, I mean, kind of the same way... Uh, same way I how ISU lost their first Missouri Valley game very true. field goal being blocked. They come out and block the uh, Western Illinois PAT. Willie Edwards scoops and scores, like you said. It's I mean, it's like kinda, uh, it's like the college and takes... NFL this year is just surrounding the inadequacy of kickers. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not shooting off JT Bulkin or anything because I think he did kick yesterday too. I think he was place yeah. kicking yesterday as well, yeah, and he, he was, was putting great yesterday too. We can kind of start off with that actually. Talk about JT Bulkin. How yeah. many punts did he have this game? He had he had nine punts. Nine I mean, punts. both teams this game this game was a big field possession type of game. Both both punters. Uh, were out there nine times, uh, but JT Bolkin had nine punts, and he had five of them fall w- uh, inside the opponent's t- twenty-yard line. And I want to say like I want to say at them. least three or four yeah. of those were inside the five-yard line. He yeah. was he was impressive. He came out there and he showed why he was you know MVC player. Uh, surprised he yeah. didn't. Surprised he didn't get MVFC uh, special teams player. He should have. But he really should have. I think he, he did better this week than he did last week. Yeah. But nevertheless. I mean, the field possession was huge. I mean, everybody uh, touched on that in the press conference, how big that was in this game. Uh, and, and JT Bolkin was kind of the he was the leader of that. Mm-hmm, right absolutely. There. And, you know, aside from JT Bolkin, we can kind of get into the meat and potatoes of this game story. It's, it's James Robinson. He yeah. came in and his line ended up being 145 yards with three total touchdowns. And he came in today and he just showed uh, his, why he is the most or one of the most dominant running backs in the MVFC. And, yeah. you know, we can look up stats all day, but James Robinson is currently third in the MVFC rankings uh, in attempts and yards. But, you know, regardless of the fact, or no, not attempts and yards, he is number three. He's number three running back in conference based on his stats. Um, the leader, Jaquan Keyes, who has 102 attempts and 651 yards, uh, subtracted to Robinson's 88 attempts and 581 yards. You can kind of see the difference yeah. that Robinson gets it done in less attempts than some of the best in the league. So yeah. to kind of see he's getting less touches than these guys, it kind of wonders how good Robinson can be if he gets more touches, along yeah. with Markel I mean, Smith as well. Yeah, exactly. Those carries. That's, that's what does it right there. I mean, Markel Smith is up there in the top. 15 or so in rushing as well in the conference he has 55 carries alone so i mean that's what does it there i mean if you think if james robinson was the only running back in this backfield it could be a different story he could be number one but showing his production with the less attempts that he does have 
that's that's impressive altogether. I mean, he came out there in this game and he was he was breaking tackles left and right, throwing people down with one arm, yeah. streaking. Typical James Robinson. Typical James right Robinson there. day. I mean, I mean, he really carried the offense. I mean, we we saw early on the the offensive line was struggling. The Brady Davis was kind of struggling. Very uneventful day for Brady. But uh, James Robinson had it going. So that's what carried this team, and that's uh, what got it going. I mean, the first half was the first half was. Uh, I mean, ISU only had 12 points in the first half, and then kind of a, they put up 21 in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Kind of pulled away there at the end. Yeah, they, uh, they it seemed the offensive line seemed to figure it out in the second half. Uh, yeah. They started off a little sluggish. They uh, they weren't really uh, demanding any holes uh, at the front for Robinson to find through. Robinson was bouncing off to the outside a lot, and uh, although mm-hmm. he can make plays on his own, um, seen uh, offensive lineman Garrett Hershey talked to us in the press conference and you know he said there was a lot of times where Western beat us up front and they were just kind of and that's because we're young we're trying to get a feel for it uh, up front they were a good team and they brought a lot of pressure on we were kind of down a little bit in the beginning we needed to step up when the game was on the line which I felt we did but we definitely have a lot of work to do because James Robinson could have easily had 250 rushing yards himself <laughs> and Garrett Hirsch yeah. I, I think he was the um the more talkative of the bunch of the press conference and I think he was more vocal about how the offensive line needs to practice this week and uh, you know judging from that I feel like Robinson could have had a day like that if the offensive line could get uh, collectively together in the first half but mm-hmm. regardless of that I mean they still put up 21 points in the half or at uh, 21 points in the second half Robinson had two more scores at that point but you know they relied on the run game again uh, mm-hmm. Brady had another uneventful game uh, he's still trying to figure it out Spack his still uh He's still he's still faithful in him. He knows he's still young. He's still trying to learn right. the offense. Uh, Davis he was 11 for 25. Yes, uh, on Saturday with 120 yards, and the run game picked up where he couldn't. Um, and like, back, yeah, go ahead, sorry. the thing you got to remember about Brady Davis. I mean, maybe he's struggling here. He kind of came out of the gates pretty hot, looking mm-hmm. good. Absolutely. And maybe, uh, I mean, maybe made his expectations a little higher. You know, uh, but the thing you got to remember is that he's a redshirt junior and he hasn't really played he's coming off injury from last year as well that's true. he hasn't played much at all in college at all like he's barely played any college football this is so, a, I mean, a hurdle he needs it, to get over this yeah is his first and he's coming out here seeing some pretty good defenses in the missouri valley conference and you know this is this is quite a hurdle but i've i would say he's he's doing pretty pretty he's doing well, pretty for, well. For, and spack for has seen it before around. too yeah. he's seen it before in the press conference he said you know you got to hang in there and be patient brady's a good athlete but finding out these missouri valley defenses are very good yeah. so backyard football sometimes doesn't work uh spack would be a little remiss to say if brady wasn't doing his job which he is because he's obviously won the job but i think along with you were saying davis needs to really hone in and really you know settle down and be patient in the pocket and not yeah he, he seemed to scramble a lot he seemed to you know get pressured mm-hmm. and that was maybe because of the offensive lines breakdown in the beginning he seemed to be pressured and he seemed to uh, he held on to the ball he didn't really get rid of it when he needed to and he wasn't smart with the football when he needed to be but as the game went on he he got more comfortable and he just tried to figure out what he needed to do to keep that going but nevertheless uh i'm confident in brady he's my quarterback uh, since week one, yeah. I've been saying it. Uh, I have no worries for him. Just another another uh, adverse game for him, which I know he will uh, find out. But another storyline: uh, Sean McGuire. Uh, he played a great game as yeah, well. He he put up almost he put up 240 mm-hmm. yards. He had two touchdown passes, and uh, although he had an interception to Luther Kirk, which kind of right. sealed the nail, uh, put the nail in the coffin at the end of the game. Um, 
you know, we can go back to Brady and he uh, he just he just struggled to get his game like in the air going. He just he was missing a lot of passes. He was a little complacent in the pocket, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that just goes along with you know going in the middle of the season and trying to get his footing. Right, exactly, and I mean. It was pretty evident, I mean, all throughout the game and all throughout the season, really. Spencer Snell's been his go-to mm-hmm. guy. And it just it just seemed throughout the, the entire game, he kept looking for Snell the whole, the whole time. I mean, he, Braxton Haley only had two receptions. Tyler Pekovic only had one reception. Spencer Schnell had seven, and that was big. He was I looking mean, for that big pass. Yeah. I remember Haley went in for just a specific play, and he streaked down the line, and <clears throat> Brady was looking for him, and he got pressured, and he kind of rolled off, and he just ended up overthrowing him. So if you try to look for that big pass, uh, Braxton Haley and you know Spencer Schnell are probably going to be his guys the rest of the way out, but if you don't give him those targets, they're not going to be able to make plays. Mm-hmm. So going in the next week, uh, Brady should be able to clean that up. As Spack said in the press conference, he wants him to clean it up, and he is confident that he will. Um, yeah. So, I mean, after this win now, I assume, I mean, they obviously they move in. That's their first conference mm-hmm. win. They moved to 4-1, and one, and uh, the FCS uh, – Coach's poll just came out today, and they moved up two spots in the in the poll from number fourteen up to twelve. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something there. They're moving it's up. Positive. And they moved back up in the in the ranks after their loss the week before, and now they're staying home against Southern Illinois for homecoming. Homecoming is this Saturday, and I am uh, I'm very excited uh, for this matchup because yeah, it will. It will not only solidify ISU's uh, standing within the rankings of the FEFC because on Southern, they are 1-4. and four. Uh, They're 0-2 in conference right now. Right. It seems to be having a little struggle early on. So if ISU can come off the ball with a lot of energy going into this game, uh, I feel like it'll really solidify themselves as the, I, another dominant force along with North Dakota State and South Dakota, which are currently, they are 2-0 in the Valley. And coming yeah. up to those games in the next few weeks, Yep. It seems to they they need it's it's going to be a huge game for them, Uh, like every week is you know SPAC has alluded to uh, Valley Conference to be this meat grinder as we've said before in the past, and any team can win any week like we've seen with Missouri State, but um, you know along with this game going into Southern, it's kind of going to be just another confidence booster going into North Dakota State and South Dakota in the next few weeks, but uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited for homecoming, and uh, I I really hope everyone can get it together and we can watch some good record football on Saturday. Yeah, of course. I mean, like you said, I mean, this is going to be a huge game for for ISU uh, to to stay at the top of the MVFC standings. Um, and Southern Illinois, like you said, they're struggling. They they won their first game of the season against Murray State, and now they've dropped four in a row. So mm-hmm. coming in here, still hungry for a win. Um, and I mean, Southern. When you look at the conference uh, rankings, I mean, their last, their defense is last in the conference in points allowed per game, and I mean that that says it all right there. <laughs> I mean, they allow thirty six points per game. I mean, you can't be winning games when your defense is thirty six points. Doing that, ISU puts up and also thirty six <laughs> points on offense. Coincidentally, so it could be a, a game of averages per se, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm confident in uh, ISU to get it done. I feel like uh, this will be a big game for Brady to uh, kind of get his footing going the rest of the way and right. you know fit, clean some things up playing a uh, not a lesser team but a uh, a more adverse a struggling yeah team struggling right team. Now. Yes, yeah, and I mean, they're, they're not bad they're by any four, means. Here. And they're la- and they're one and four. They've lost four straight. They're obviously struggling. Yeah. They're they're still on the road. They were on the road last week. Uh, but the one thing that does stand out to me for Southern Illinois is their offense. I mean, they're they're right up there with ISU in, in offensive points per game, and they're rushing especially. Uh, 
they have the number two running back in the league in DJ Davis, uh, averaging about 120 yards per game, which is right there, right next to James Robinson. Along so, along with that, I mean, yeah. he has had you know about 20 more carries, exactly, in games, about 20 yeah. more touches, so you have more room to do that. But nevertheless, right. DJ Davis is the real deal. Um, he's going to be probably doing James Robinson like things on the field, so it's going to be a game of you know, a game of the running backs essentially. Southern's obviously going to go to him to be able to get the ball going, be able to get the game going as much as ISU does for Robinson. But you know, we're going to have to wait and see to see how the offensive line comes back this week. Uh, I remember in the press conference, and remember at the end of the game um, against against Western this past Saturday, uh, ISU was winning twenty six to sixteen. I just want to talk about this really quick. Uh, they were at the two yard line with maybe about ten seconds left. Yeah. Uh, Spack, Kurt Bethart, uh, they call for a run play, and Robinson ends up scoring his third touchdown of the day with under ten seconds left of regulation. Um, what did you think about that play call? Because in that situation, would you rather knee yeah. it, take the win with class, essentially, <laughs> or uh, yeah, shove it down mean, their throats and go for the jugular? I mean, obviously, I would think you just knee on the ball, and yeah. there's the game is over. There's like 10 seconds left. Just kind of, I mean, they're at the two-yard line. Uh, whatever you take I mean, whatever yeah, the take guys, whatever you can get sure, in the that guy, spot. sure the team want to score or whatever but I mean in, in that situation I I would think you would just knee on the ball but then Spack was asked about it in the press conference and I mean what, he said uh, we're here yeah, to win uh, it's kind of been our mantra since I've been here we're going for the juggler to try and finish the game every game uh, so when he said that I was it's it's a war state of mind right now I feel like these next few games going into Valley play. Uh, Spack knows he's been here before, and he knows some of these returners that are guiding yeah. these young players that they've been here before, and they know where they are at in the, se- in the season. So it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see if they can keep this all systems go mentality going into a game like this against a one and four team, and then afterwards with North Dakota and South Dakota State as well. Yeah. So along with that, um, another key thing for ISU to um, get a win against Southern Illinois is just clean up that offensive line. You know, Garrett Hirsch. Uh, Absolutely. He, he he had a lot to say about his offensive line and Spack. Spack said they did a good job, but Garrett was more uh, he was more critical of his offensive line duties as well as the rest of everyone else did. Right. Um, they got to limit those sacks. That Garrett Garrett was pretty vocal about that. You know, the pride that we have as an offensive line, I think we have to step it up, especially in the film room. At that point, when you're down, uh, you have to buy into the team. I think we got in our heads a little bit. Like I said, we're young. We just have to learn how to break out of that shell with good teams later on in the conference. And it starts this week. And it, yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say it really does start this week because I'm looking I'm looking at who leads the who leads the conference in sacks. It's North Dakota State, obviously, yeah. but second is Southern Illinois. They're yeah. right there. They have. I mean, they've. They've gotten 16 sacks. Their defense has, and that I mean, that's 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 huge. Uh, as ISU is coming off two games in a row where they've allowed the most the most in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have they have to learn how to get that offensive line going from the get go. And Hirsch is very vocal about that as well in the press conference. And I, he, as a sophomore, I think he's more of the leader of that line. I would say, uh, you know, he was a hero of FCS uh, All American a couple years back, mm-hmm. and you know, I, he's been here before, even though he's still young. Um, it's just to show that lack of experience or that season experience up front kind of shows where Hurst fits into at all as a dominant force to get it through. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see until Saturday to see how the offensive line bounces back. But like you said, you know, uh, in, oh my, uh, Southern. 
Southern uh, Illinois. I mean, they're wow. second. Yeah, no, I mean, they're second in the conference in sacks. So, I mean, that's that's going to be a mi- uh, big matchup to watch uh, coming this weekend. And another, I mean, uh, Sam Straub is the quarterback for Southern Illinois, and the, he sits right now a second, uh, four or five guys above Brady Davis in like yards and and t- uh, yards per game and efficiency. Uh, QB rating um, right now. I do. I, yeah, I do. See. <clears throat> wow. Okay. <laughs> Sam Straub could be the real deal this weekend. Uh, he like does. We he, he does lead the conference in interceptions, though, which is which is one uh, thing to watch out for. As ISU also leads the their defense leads the conference in interceptions. Uh, Luther Kirk with with his third last weekend big uh, interception leads, leads the conference. Away. Yeah, absolutely. If that didn't happen, it might have been a different story. It was nineteen to sixteen going into that uh, into that situation. Luther Kirk comes up with a big interception, pick six. Yeah, puts the game out of reach. That was huge. That was probably the play of the game right there. I I would agree with that. Luther Kirk came out to play on Saturday and he did a fantastic job as he always does as the captain of the defense. So uh, we'll see if they can keep it going uh, as the defense has been struggling the past week. Uh, they kind of cleaned it up in the second half last game, and it's going to be interesting to see how they can keep that going. Uh, they have a highly touted defense. We've seen it since the beginning of the season. They're dominant. They come out to play every game, and they usually start off strong. Yeah. The last two weeks, they kind of fallen off, but I feel like they're going to tighten up the screws this week against Southern. I, I, I have yeah. to agree with you on that one. Absolutely. All right, Cade, against Southern Illinois, what is your prediction, good <laughs> sir? All right. Well, I was... We were both right on Western Illinois. I mean, well, we, the only thing, I mean, we, yeah, we were both right on Western. Scores were obviously different. A little different. I think I was closer. I think it was a little closer. I don't remember the predictions exactly. But. Yeah, I cannot remember what I said now exactly. But coming into this weekend, we got two pretty good offenses in the in the conference. I mean, two top five offenses. Southern Illinois, obviously, the worst defense in conference, and I think to that's put the it lightly, biggest key, Mister Heller right there. says. I'm going to say Illinois State puts up 40-42 against Southern Illinois' 23. Okay, that's that's a very good prediction. They're both good offenses, and uh, I think the key to this game is, is really going to be based on the offensive line. And like we've been saying yeah. pretty much the entire time we've been talking, uh, it's going to start it up. So if the offensive line comes off flat, Brady's not going to get the protection he needs to get this offense going and maybe they're going to rely on James more than anything this game as well as he as it looks like to be setting it up for um but I'm going to have to agree with you on that prediction I think I'm going to go with ISU 35 and then Southern 15 to 20 points I think they're going to put up something around (laughs) there I can't give you an exact score because I'm not sure what Southern can put up but let's say let's say we'll go 35 to 21 We'll give them three tutties. I think I think they could put up that number. ISU's defense, I think, will come off a little slower in the beginning, and then they'll tighten up maybe in the second quarter or so. That's what I think what's going to happen because we've seen that happen against Missouri State. They yeah. came off really flat in the first <clears throat> quarter. Yeah. So we can maybe – I'm hoping ISU will pull off like that. I know they'll win. I feel like this is going to be a big uh, – another tune-up game for them in a sense just to kind of get their be. footing back in the conference. But regardless, I'm excited to see it. Just the offensive line has to get going from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I have to agree with you there. It, it a lot of it lies on the offensive line. Absolutely, I, mean, I agree yeah. with you. And uh, to see Garrett Hirsch rise above as this uh, leader, especially in the press conferences, he came to talk to the the press. Yeah. Uh, it, it's more comforting to see where the offensive line is at, along with their mindset. Uh, they know what they've been doing and they know how to fix it, especially in a young guy like Garrett. Uh, 
you know, he's only a sophomore, like I said, in the past, and he's going to be the catalyst for it all. So if he can get those guys together to make sure they come off strong, Brady's going to be protected. He's not going to be rushed, and he should be making more throws than 11 completions this upcoming Saturday, which exactly. will be exciting because if Brady gets going, everyone will be flying colors. Yeah, exactly. All right, this is all we have for you guys yeah, this time around. Uh, but be sure to follow us on Twitter at Vedette Sports and keep up with the latest on everything Illinois State at VedetteOnline.com. This has been the fifth edition of the Redbird Report, and week six will be coming at you next Monday as we are Caden John signing off. Till next week. Cade, any last-minute words for the people? All right, brother. Stay hard, guys. We'll be back next